It's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Fint with their views as we deploy Operation Retroshock. And welcome to episode 22 of Operation Retroshock, the Doctor Who special, part one. I am Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... The Mister. The Mister? <laughs> yeah, the Master, so I'm the Mister. I was you're the Mister Master. <laughs> I was going to be the Ambulance Man, since we have a Doctor, but... I are thought you from Mustache Master, or are you... No, I'm Mister. I'm like the Junior Master. You're the Junior Master. Yeah. Well, you can only learn from the best, so, you know. He's defeated! He, like, died and got burned and stuff. He didn't die. And then regenerated and then he died again. And he's a good zap, zap. Zap. Indeed. Yeah, so part one of three! It's like a Doctor Who special thingy. It's our story arc. Yes, it is. What's the name of our story arc? Have we come up with this yet? Uh, Operation Who cast. Retro Who? Retro Who, yeah. Who Shock? Know. Something like that? Yeah, Who Shock sounds better. Because like, our shock, but Who Shock? Exactly. Who, sho- who Shock Who? Who Framed Roger Rabbit? N- what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh no, we forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot it. Uh, right, this, I'm not going to be led away with this, ladies and gentlemen. No. Sween says I- he's going to come over and kill you. No, Swing did not say he was going to do that. <laughs> he did. No, he didn't. All he said was for shame. I have a private message from him. Really? Go on, show me then. I can't. Go on. No, no, see, no lies. For lies. password. Oh uh, yeah, sure, sure you did. Password did. recovery. No. I forgot my password. Please send me another one. No. Please enter the six-digit code to retrieve <laughs> your password. Six seven J K L something. <laughs> I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, six. Chris has lost the key to his TARDIS. <laughs> speaking I have of, a TARDIS. Speaking of TARDIS, Matt Smith is locked inside your TARDIS at the moment. He is indeed. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with your microphone. You don't need to sonic it. Do not? No, you don't. Are you sure? No need to exterminate. <laughs> no exterminating either. It's not necessary this episode. Is it not? Okay. Yeah, we'll give you a wee bit of an update, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on the... You'll all remember in the last episode I gave Chris the desktop uh, Dalek. That's true. That it's it says on the box, it says on the box that <laughs> it will stop itself from falling off any surface, <laughs> and when it sees an object, it will turn around Hello. and exterminate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Chris proceeded to show me the other day what the flipping Dalek actually does, set on a table and it immediately fell off it. Although I haven't said that, it was okay whenever we surrounded by a Pokemon oh, sent by Pixel Dan. I so want to do that again and film it for everyone because <laughs> that was just hilarious. It's how to confuse a Dalek. <laughs> so what we did was I got uh, Chris provided me with the present that Pixel Dan sent me for Christmas 
Thank you very much, sir. Yes, I got I got a new adventure to him. Much for that was on one side. The line of Pokemon were another that Dan had sent me. Then there was what was it like some was it like a DVD case on one other? Yeah. Something else. And there was your phone. And it was my phone on the other part. So it was basically like a square arena, from ring even. Sorry, you know, like a phone ring, and we just set the dialect down in the middle and just went exterminate, 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 exterminate. <laughs> just was like getting really, really confused. It was quite hilarious though. Yeah, I think it wore out the batteries. Didn't know what it's working now. Mm, well, you never know. You never know. And yeah, Matt Smith. I got two Matt Smith figures for £3.40 in Tesco's and one of them is in my TARDIS. Hopefully he, he will get out sometime but we don't know. May just leave him in there. May just. Because your TARDIS produces a rattle now. Yeah, it does. But like, he be inside. Listen. Matt Smith! Matt! Oh. <laughs> oh, he's he's alright. He's alright, he's in there. Let's close that door. Shut your door. Oh, don't start this again. What? Stop spinning your TARDIS! Doesn't have the same sound to it whenever Matt Smith's inside rattling around. <laughs> oh, he's falling out now. Well, I suppose we should kind of stop messing about and let everybody know what this episode of the Doctor Who special is. Episode 1 of 3 pertains to this episode is going to contain Christopher's favourite doctor who was in the role from 1970 to 1974 the one and only John Pertwee I like easy yep after reverse the polarity of the neutron flow or something or something or other something or nothing yeah then of course you can't do a Doctor Who special without speaking about the next man because everybody just seems to love him so very much. I don't see it at a moment. Hate mail to Alan Price at popcutgenever.com. Yes, well, there's another audio thing that'll be played yes. later on that uh, somebody wasn't a fan of Tom Baker, and that was Mr. Chris Sunday, who's kind of the send in a MP3 file, and we'll be um, playing that. We also have some emails from people, which uh, we may read out in this episode or maybe next episode. Save it to the next episode. Uh, save it to the next episode, because Chris talks about Tom Baker quite a lot in this, but uh, we'll put that in and let you all listen to it. So, kudos and thanks to Mr. Sunday for sending it in. It's mucho appreciated. Oh. Mucho gracias, signore. So yes, yeah. fourth doctor in Tom Baker, and then finally today we will be speaking about... It's absolutely amazing. Colin Baker, yes. Mm, no. Oh. We were talking about the fifth Doctor, the man from All Creatures Great and Small, Peter Davison. He was good. You better watch your words, boy. You said the other day, and I have it on audio, that I said whenever we were watching Doctor Who on my birthday, we didn't watch a John Pertwee episode, to which you replied, lucky me. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Do you not remember no, this? No, I don't. Oh, I will play it for you later oh, on. Oh, no. And then I will, I will send it to you via email and you can copy it in the show for everyone else to hear you lambast the great John Pertwee. I don't really. Mm. I think we Sea Devils. Pertwee is perfectly fine individual. We were watching Sea Devils before we um, actually came on air, so to speak. I was loving it. It was great fun. <laughs> yeah. you got to see the master in a sailor hat. <laughs> but, uh, and then watching the clangers. <laughs> We will get to that in a moment. I want to talk about it now! You'll have to wait for the break. What break? This break. Oh, uh, break! Are we on a break? Yes. We're on a break! Stop!
are listening to a podcast on popculturenetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys, comic books, video games, and all the things you love. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to popculturenetwork.com and click on store. a quaver in the air and misses it. Delightful. Yeah, so hopefully Alan has put in that John Pertwee singing I Am The Doctor before um, oh, we actually discuss. Yes. I know I'll have to, so it'll be there, don't worry. Because I know how much you like John Pertwee. Well, it's either... Very much like the Shat William Shatner. Well, you can either put that in or Splink, one or the other. We'll do both. <laughs> Splink! Like that's how you remember to cross a cross the road, everyone. I was gonna say cross the green cross road, but that just makes it even more confusing. Use your green cross code. Splink. He's <laughs> <laughs> really going to advertising. Uh, well, John Pertwee was an absolute legend when it comes to advertising, because in the top, what was it, the top 100 games? Yeah. Pretty much like toys. every one. It was like every other board game was John Pertwee doing the voiceover. Yes. Much like Bernard, much like Bernard Cribbins today. Cribbins, because he's d- doing the Churchill adverts instead of Jason Manford. Really? Mm-hmm. Haven't been listening. Oh, yeah. Attention. And he sure he does McDonald's as well. 
What? Werner Cribbins does McDonald's? That's yeah, that was the one to do with the unpredictable weather or something. Us Cribbins. They don't really pay much attention to the adverts. It's really shit. Cribbins it, is it has ledge. Cribbins in it. Ledge. Well, I suppose we should get kick-started with Mr. Pertwee. Yes, and a good place to start. Now, obviously, before John Pertwee was uh, William Hartnell and Patrick Triton. It's not that we're ignoring these two doctors, it's but... that it's a lot harder to... I've only seen one episode, one story of uh, William Hartnell called The Aztecs, and only one... Well, obviously I've seen them in The Three Doctors and The Five Doctors. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, and I've seen Patrick Triton in The Two Doctors with Colin Baker. Um, and that's and I've listened to an audio book, The Tube of the Cybermen, which was actually very good and uh, well worth a listen. Um, and you can find it on iTunes for about £8, but it's very good. It's not too bad. And it's it's uh, read by... Obviously, it's like the teleplay of it, <laughs> um, but it's the like bits are read by Fraser Hines, who played um, GMA, who was like the guy who wore killed. I hope he had some underpants on. Uh, I don't know. Oh no. John Pertwee's first outing was Spearhead from Space, which was a four episode long story. Of course, Spearhead from Space is when we see the Doctor he be stumbling out of his TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've just been forced to regenerate. Yes, exactly. He's just the TARDIS lands on Earth and he falls out. And obviously, this is the first time we see the Autons. And we see them later on in David Tennant and some other stories as well. But we see him, we see the Autons in uh, the Christmas Invasion, I think it was, was it? I think so. Yes, they'll be the ones going. Yes. Yeah, the ones yeah. that take on, like, the mannequins and all. Yes, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's yes, yes. 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 Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And obviously we see the Brigadier in this episode as well. The Fridge Stewart? I say, Doctor! Good jolly old show. Listen to me. <laughs> so what stands out most to you from Spearhead from Space, apart from the obvious regeneration? <laughs> the bit that makes me laugh is the fact is the Doctor's obviously in the hospital because he's regenerated, and as we all know from later series and stuff, that whenever they regenerate, their faculties are all over the place because mm. like the brain cells have been shattered around so he's actually getting out of his bed to try and get out of the hospital and um, he's in some room and this guy comes in and there's like a shower so he puts on a shower cap <laughs> and just stands there and starts showering himself and then obviously he sees that the guy goes so he does Matt Smith kind of does what he does Aye, and bit, he's, yeah, he's steal, he yeah. steals the um he like has a look and gets clothes and wears the clothes and then he goes out and commits Grand Theft Auto by stealing a car and drives off. I expect better from you, John Pertwee. Yes, but that's I think that's where every mess meets um Liz Shaw, um, who's a scientist who's obviously his first companion then. Yay What? No I'm what? just going yeah. Okay. What's wrong with that? Oh, I thought you were going yeah because it was Liz Shaw. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you may be getting her mixed up with your grand. She has like eight babies. No, 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 no. Don't worry, I cannot get mixed up with your grand. <laughs> She's a crazy lady, but we get on to that. <laughs> no, but it's a good introductory episode for John Pertway. Because you always, you always need a good introductory episode for your doctor, because so you, you need to, from, I think, point one, believe in him. Yeah. Sort of thing, because if you don't, if he doesn't hit the ground running and get kind of a connection. Because I think that's the sort of thing with Doctor Who is obviously being directed at a kid audience. You need them to kind of... The, obviously the regeneration with it being a bit wacky and all that sort of yeah. stuff. The kids think, ha you know, he's funny. 
and you know well, the well, we'll go on to that with Tom Baker with his first story in <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Doctor Who and the Silurians, which again, obviously, the Silurians made a reappearance in the last series of Doctor Who with Matt Smith. Yeah, was, for me, that was a really pointless two-parter. You could have had that in one part, in my opinion. It was a wee bit of a pushed-out episode, um, but obviously, this was the original episode that that kind of two-parter in the recent series kind of drew its inspiration from. Yeah, yeah. What do you think was the best part about? this because obviously you haven't watched the latest one you kind of are able to draw comparisons mm-hmm. you know you know what's your opinion with what were, you see, what were the better looking bodies in this sort of thing the doctor who's that yeah doctor who in the Silurians is there you have your dvd in front yes, of yes so that's that one there yes hello. you see this is very much like Doctor Who is very much like James Bond, I find, is that there's so many episodes that sometimes you'd be like, oh, what do you think of this here? Uh-huh. It'd be like, because of, you need something to retake your memory yeah, yeah, in exactly, order for exactly. you to actually know what it actually is. It's not that, you know, obviously the, fa- the people over the Doctor Who podcast are knowledgeable and know this and that and the other, for the sake they even have quizzes, whereas we have a love for Doctor Who and aren't the most, not that we're not, not the most knowledgeable of people, but it's just a case where we want to express our love for Doctor yes. Who on the podcast. We're like, we love it so. <laughs> but yes, I can see here uh, in the Silurians, uh, we have uh, John Pertwee with lovely Bessie um, and a helicopter. Um, then you have the Silurians there and it'd be like crazy Godzilla looking monster in there as well. Yeah, they're the ones that communicate with their, um, with their eye. Yeah, and that one there. Um, were you ever a fan of Porridge? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, um, Mackay. Mm-hmm. He's in that, <laughs> and he die, he dies. Oh, yeah, it's always the way. I know. Be, I would hate to die in Doctor Who because I'd be like, oh, I can never come back. Well, except if you're Free Magiman, where you get cut into a million pieces by uh, Cybermen, and then it's explained. Yeah, that was just your cousin that looks remarkably like you. Yeah, well, that's true. Flip sake, if Dirty Dan can come back in these understandings, possible. <laughs> 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 That's it's a very good episode. It's like one to do with he's trying to get the TARDIS working again mm-hmm. and again he's with Liz Shaw and um he actually has the TARDIS console mm-hmm. so he's like hooking up and he's trying to see about getting the TARDIS working. And um she went look she says, Don't try it anymore, something's gonna go wrong and it does and he ends up in like a parallel world where like the brigadier has like an eye patch and stuff and yeah it's a very good episode um in fact in the doctor who magazine from pretty high isn't it it was his um highest um entry which was like about 32 or 33 which wasn't bad that's not too bad no but it it's um it's not one of my i like it but it's not one of my favourite um, episodes. It's my favourite part way, yeah. It's my favourite part way. It's still a good episode. It's like a seven-parter, if memory serves. Uh, you are correct, yes. yes, seven, yes. seven episodes. Yes, so like, obviously it's a long, long one, but um, it is it is a good one. There's one that uh, there's one that we'll touch on later on that I have on DVD, and no matter how many times I watch it, I just can't get... I either get to the end and I forget what's happened along the way, or it's one that I've had to break up over a course of a couple of nights. Cool, cool. 
Um, we just mentioned them a moment ago. Terror of the Autons. I don't remember this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well done there, Chris. Putting it, putting it on your list for Pertwee and Terror. See, that's what I mean, though. Is it is, the, it is the problem. Like, for it to properly be able to go into everything in great depth, you would need to pretty much have the entire like DVD thing in front of you. Yeah, I have it on my iPod. I don't have it on the thing. DVD. So I can't really remember much about it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Chris apologizes to you all, but, you know, that's just... No, I was probably going to just click on Wikipedia. And just Shh, I don't do nothing of that. <laughs> There are the autons, hello. <laughs> Whoa. That's when that's when Joe Grant appeared. The third doctor and his newest assistant, Joe Grant, along with new unit captain Mike Yates. Synopsis. What's this? Van materializes 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 out of thin air in a circus. A thin bearded man dressed in a black suit introduces himself as the master to the circus owner. I do have that, yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched that all. Sorry. That's why it doesn't reject your memory. Yeah. At unit headquarters, the doctor meets his new assistant, Josephine Grant, who accidentally ruins one of his experiments, mistaking smoke for fire. <laughs> Poor Joe. That's... See, I have to commend... I must admit, I have to commend all the people that go on to, like, Wikipedia and draw up all these, like, synopses for the yeah. doctor. Because, see this? There's, like... Each episode here, someone has wrote like five or six paragraphs for each episode of this. Mm, and it's the way it's linked to other ones, you know, like Josephine Grant appeared in this story, and this story is this story. That's quite interesting. What's that? This serial is the first appearance of the Master Joe Grant and Captain Mike Yates. Although this is the first appearance or mention of Captain Yates, the dialogue implies that he's been working for Unit for some time. Oh. At least as far back as the beginning of the Third Doctor's era. There you go. The nesting consciousness and its autumn drones first appeared in the 1970 serial Spearhead from Space. 35 years later, they would appear in the Ninth Doctor's introductory story, Rose. Okay. Well, that's because that's, because that's when Chris Raggleson says, Run! And she runs. So. Run, Luke, run. What? <laughs> run, Luke, run. No, not Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Claw of the Axos! That's the one I can't get into. Really? Yeah, it's... It's just... It's um this it's like, like isn't like Pertwee held up like against a wall, but like the actual claw or something. Yeah, it's like the master's held, and then there's this guy go, and then they like clone him, and then there's like a nuclear reactor thing, and he gets his uh, the master and him get his TARDIS working, right? And then the place is about to blow up, and he dematerializes outside it. Um, but that I just can't. It's not a story that I can really get into so right. to say um, so it's one of those hard ones to get yourself kind of yeah it's still part way so I've I've tried but I've have you not found yourself interested in watching this because supposedly this serial has the famous shot of Joe Grant's purple niggas no I haven't seen that this is according to continuity here <laughs> alright serial... Joe Grant's purple niggas also appeared in <laughs> this this serial features a famous shot of Joe Grant's purple niggas I don't know why both the Doctor and the Master refer to the events of the serial Last of the Time Lords, the Master mocking the now elderly Tenth Doctor by recalling when he stood up to the Axons and the Sea Devils, and the Doctor later reminding the Master of the Axons and the Daleks. Bless. Oh. The Time Monster. Six episode parts. Uh, that's one that... Um, oh, yes, that's the one to do with um, the Master um, tries to make this 
guy appear um, for them to take over the world and stuff. Oh, yes, that's the one we watched, yes. That's the that's one, one with like, Tom Tits. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's delightful, that. Um, it's where the guy gets, like, he's standing there yeah, and, and he, he gets, gets turned into a really, really old guy. Yes, yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. That's, what was that? That's the that's one, the one that where they're, like, running, like, the doctor has to run to get, like, the brigadier or something, isn't it? No, that's the one they're in the car and they're going, like, really fast and Joe has the Tom Tit device that looks like a... Oh, right, okay. <laughs> and it has, like... Cucumber. <laughs> Apples. <laughs> no, where the apple, where the apples are. I see apples. It has the dials, okay. and then you are making fun of it. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's Tomfit experiments. Turn off the normal flow. Uh. <laughs> We're not being rude here. It is generally called like Tom-tit. there is a device, and then uh, the brigadier turns around and goes Tomfit. It's just like Tomfit what? It says here, the synopsis for the episode, the third Doctor and Joe investigate the workings of the Tom Tit machine, a wondrous device created by Professor Thlaskloss. Is that right? Please don't hurt me. Uh, <laughs> neither Thlaskloss or Tom Tit are what they seem, and what secret power is locked on the Crystal Chronos? It's because the Professor is actually the Master. Mm-hmm. Because, what's his the name? The prof- uh, he's adopted the alias of Thlaskloss. The Master. Yes. So... I need to see this. Where? Where's this at? There. That's Colossus. There. Alright, I was seeing if that was an anagram of Master. It's probably an anagram of something, to be honest. Oh, I think it's that in, I think it's that in like, uh, Spanish or Italian. I remember the doctor saying. It was like he's so arrogant. Oh, that's, he's... there we go. I've just clicked the point here. Uh, secondary print sources generally give the Master's alias as Professor Thascolos. However, the cast refer to him as Thascolos. So there's like a, you know, letter difference there, yeah. which is the correct Greek word for master. Oh, there we go. The arrow appears to have originated in the second edition of Terence Dix and Malcolm Hulk's uh, The Making of Doctor Who. The correct spelling is printed in the Terence Dix novelization. So there you go. That explains that it did have a meaning behind it. Yay. We aren't just idiots. Doctor Who <laughs> always have something for a meaning. It isn't just thrown in there for the sake of it. <laughs> no. So... On to our next one, which is the three doctors containing Hartnell, Triton, and, according to your writing, Poe, but not Poe 3. <laughs> Chris Vitt does it again! Oh, spelling mistakes galore. Poe, Poe, John. December 72. Flip me, I wasn't even born. This was the one that, obviously, you had Omega. Yes, and then the. Um, that go to take his obviously uh, Hartnell wasn't very well so that's why he appeared mainly on the TV yeah. um, but it was great to see was the explanation he was trapped in like a bubble or something not not literally I think, he was, like, tra- I think he was like trapped in time so to sp- speak very much like Tom Baker was in the Five Doctors yeah. you know like uh, he was caught in a something leap or something um, but yeah but it's great to see uh, both Hartnell the Brigadier and Pertwee all together um, and seeing those two play off each other, and then um, I remember watching this movie, and I remember as I guess I saw like the cover for the the novelization of it a while after, and you've got what is it? It's you've got Omega with his like his hands out uh-huh. stretched out, but you have like wee cartoons of Hartnell, Pertwee, and Triton. Yeah, and it's like he has his hands grasped over the top of him, like you know, he has power over them and all that sort of stuff. But of course, obviously, Omega, he doesn't have a face. No, because it's kind of times out away at him or something. Like, I'm not, so whenever I'm he not says, remove my mask, there's like nothing there. 
and it's like, oh no. Yeah. But of course, obviously, then they have to restore time and space and everything <laughs> and all that to send the first and second doctors back to whence they came. Exactly. Like, like goodbye. Like, jolly good show. Nice to meet you. Because of um, course, obviously, Triton's trying to find his recorder. Yeah, which means that whenever he finds it, it's in something. It's in like the. It's in like the Tardis's central mm-hmm. console. Yeah, and that's what they use to beat Omega. Just shows you you don't need a gun, which is something the Doctor tries to explain. All you need is a recorder. Yes. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Moving on, Carnival of Monsters. <laughs> this is a. This is like Groundhog Day in Doctor Who form. <laughs> um, this is one I downloaded from iTunes, and it's, oh, it's very strange. They're all, the Joe and the Doctor are on this boat, yeah, and like the same events keep happening again and again. Right, okay. But they're actually—it's almost like they're in like this wee tiny ship. Yes. And then there's people above them watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is like a say like a fairground owner kind of thing, and uh, they eventually get out of it. But it's it's a very, it's very very bizarre the fact that you see this big like dinosaur thing in the background. You know like a drastic. yeah, and they're on like a ship. But it's just it's very very strange. Um, it's just it's a, it's a, it's quite a fun episode, but it's just very very strange and surreal to watch. In all honesty. Opinion. As Groundhog Day sort of style stuff usually is. Yes. Next we have a six-parter. What is it? It'd be a frontier in space. That is very good. And then after that, I have the box set of that. Hold on. Uh, grab your box set there, Chris. To help portray it to all the peoples in podcast land. Frontier in space was then followed by another six-parter. If memory serves, called Dalek in uh, Planet of the Daleks. Planet of the Daleks, yes. Planet of the Daleks. Planet, Planet, Planet yeah. of the Daleks. So this one here is whenever <coughs> they land. What's their? Oh yeah. Uh, it's the year twenty four five zero. Draconians, isn't it? Yeah, and a fragile peace exists between the great empires of Earth and the Draconia. To me, the Draconias are one of the best monsters in the Pertwee era. Um, just the fact of the design of them and stuff, and they actually do look quite scary. Because this um, is the whole thing. Is this is like what was it, the te- was, what was it? it? Was tensions between Earth and Draconia or something? Yeah, yeah, it was. And then it was the case of you know the Doctor got uh, he was mistaken for like a Earth spy or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the oh dra- yes, sorry, yes, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I was watching this. This was the one where like he's in the jail cell. And he's fiddling away, trying to open the door, and then he opens it, and it's like, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> <laughs> and he closes the door again, or something. Yeah, it's just a case of um, Joe is pretending to talk to the doctor, and the doctor has actually escaped. The master's reading a book. I think, uh, I think it's War and Peace or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's very good. And then it's followed by Planet of the Daleks, because at the end of Frontier in Space, the doctor gets injured and has to. Um, send a subliminal message to the Time Lords, and he has like a cut in his head, and then he like um, he needs to rest, and then his his face gets really icy, and then he's like lying there with his eyes wide open, and then um, yeah, it's, they're good um, episodes. Um, 
The Planet of the Daleks, it says in the back of the DVD here, uh, since the mid-1970s, episode 3 of this story has only been available as a 16mm black and white film recording, but for this DVD release, it has been returned to full colour. I didn't actually know that. You learn something new every day, Chris. Yeah, and there's also um, special features, commentary by Katie Manny, who played Joe Grant, and um, a couple other people like Barry Letts and Terrence Dix, who were producer and script editor. Awesome. yeah. Next on the list is The Green Death, which is again a six-parter, and is Joe Grant's last appearance. Yeah, this is one where for... This um, is the one with the crazy little maggots that freak me the hell out. <laughs> yes, yes. See, this is it the is. thing, is I don't get freaked out easily, but it's simple things like this <laughs> that just wind me up the wrong way, because I remember you showing me this episode. This is one where for... This like is again, it shows you that, you know, the... Not to say bad things of Doctor Who, but the cheapness of what they had to do at times, of the way you see the wee maggots. You know, they're like on wee tracks. You can yeah, see the then, tracks in the soil, but it still freaks me the hell out. <laughs> that's whenever you see the Brigadier and um, the Doctor and Bessie, mm. and you see like this wee, <laughs> like, oh, yes, like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, remote control car. But yeah, and then they're throwing grenades. They're throwing grenades. Or no, it's like compost. They eventually used to beat the the maggots, mm-hmm. something like that. And then they all, and then um, one of the campaigners or whatever I forget his name, uh, wants to settle down with Joe. And that's whenever um, the doctor gives Joe um, some it's blue pres- crystal, blue crystal. And then the doctor actually leaves the house and kind of sits in Bessie and looks in, and then just drives off. Oh. Obviously, we've seen this numerous times. With like, whenever, like, say, Donna's left, or you know, Martha's left, or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, but of course, the final episode of Wish You Witch to Speak mm-hmm. of John Pertwee is the Time Warrior, and the first appearance of a certain Miss Sarah Jane Smith. It's for That's me. That's my best Anthony Head impression of trying <laughs> to say it there. But of course, this is the one with Thontaha. Mr. Potato Head. Yes, exactly. I just walked my head there. <laughs> you deserve that. You deserve that. Yes. You know, this for me is Pertwee's best story. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good wee episode because obviously you've got it's Sergey and Smith's first appearance and obviously we got into Who through the new stuff and so yeah. when we'd seen Tenant's episode uh, School Reunion with Sergey and we knew who she was at that stage yeah. you know, but we didn't have the biggest knowledge of yes, the older exactly, stuff at this stage exactly. but going back and seeing this episode and you see her being a reporter uh-huh. you know, you're like ah, there she is. so it's you know it yeah. links up and all that sort of yeah, stuff exactly well we've watched quite a few first because you know we've watched that and then we watched um, first you know that we'll touch on the Baker thing as well um, but yeah for me this is by far his best story um, I just laugh my head off whenever he goes, um, there's two guys approaching, and then he goes like, hello, and then he just puts out his hand to shake him, and then like puts them together, and then another one, whenever he's leaving, <laughs> leaving the castle, he's like whistling, and the two guards either side are standing there, and he puts his hands out, and then he kind of looks at them as if to see if they're clean, and then just karate chops them in the in the throat, that's and then just thing, runs that's off. That's one of the things I think is most hilarious, but good about John Pertwee is that he brought like karate into the character yeah it's like something Taikido Judo or something that's just knew it. yeah something like that but it's just it's a great episode and then you have the Centauron called Lynx and all these other 
kind of if you think like Robin Hood kind of well, it's like era. medieval sort of yeah medieval and then times. you know they've got their hands and the guns that relinquish like, oh, them it's a boomstick yeah exactly isn't this, isn't this the one that a certain Doc Cotton is in yes it is yeah so who plays Dot in EastEnders is in this one and June Brown and she'll be like quite scary because she'll be looking like medieval and it'll be like ooh <laughs> ooh you yeah Obviously, this, this, and this is like, wasn't it? This is the bit. This was, was one of the, was one of the parts of this. I can't remember which specific part it was that he squared off against the like remote control robot that yes, the slurry, yeah. not slurry, uh, Alan, um, that had been made for them. Yeah, uh, fight and all that sort of stuff. And you see, Pertwee running about the place and trying to fight it. Yeah, and then he later like acts as one, and then he says, um, "Like your man, I can't remember his name." Says like he's going to take his head off, and Pert, he's got the mask on. Well, that's not very sporting. <laughs> and he just takes the mask off. <gasps> um, but no, it's for me. It's his best episode. Obviously, Planet of the Spiders was his last story, um, which is available on the likes of YouTube and stuff. But because YouTube best. at that time was in like ten minute increments, mm-hmm. it's like about twenty five parts. I don't want to have the strength to sit down and wait for each episode to buffer before I actually watch it. Yeah. But apparently they're releasing it on DVD this year, which I would like to have because I would like to see is I've seen the end wherever um, he's with the TARDIS and he falls out. You know, like that bit. Yeah, the bit we see with the bit we see when he regenerates. Yeah. Yes. But then he's just like you know Sarah Jane's beside him, the Brigadier's there, and um, he says like a tear, Sarah Jane. And then there's some like we random dude who helps his regeneration. I will give the regeneration process a little jig. That's exactly what it is. It'll be like, and he goes, bam, she's out. It'll be like his brain be all muddled up, and he'll be like, Whoa. but of course we will find out about who John Pertwee turned into after the break. Spring. Yes, how to remember the Green Cross curve? First, find a safe place to cross, then stop. Stand on the pavement near the curb. Look all round for traffic and listen. If traffic is coming, let it pass. When there is no traffic near, walk straight across the road. Keep looking and listening for traffic while you cross. Stay! Well, now we'll all remember the Green Cross Code. And use it. Splink! Hello, this is James Etock, and you're listening to Operation Retroshock. If you like 80s cartoons, and let's face it, how could you not then be sure to pick up a copy of Serial Geek magazine, the glossy 100-page ad-free magazine dedicated to GoBots. And somewhat more importantly, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc. Head on over to www.serialgeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. Go there now and pick up the animation magazine dedicated to 80s cartoons. Go now. Why did you have to go back? I had to face my, my fear, Sarah. I had to face my fear. That was, was more important than just going on living. Please, don't die. 
tear? Sarah Jane? Now don't cry. While this life... Uh... It's all right. He is not dead. Oh, no. I don't think I can take much more. I'm sorry to have startled you, my dear. The doctor is alive. No, you're wrong. He's dead. All the cells of his body have been devastated by the Metabilis crystals, but you forget. He is a time lord. I will give the process a little push and the cells will regenerate. He will become a new man. Literally? Of course, he will look quite different. Not again. And it will shake up the brain cells a little. You may find his behavior somewhat erratic. Well, when will all this happen? Well, there's no time like the present, is there? Goodbye. Look after him. Now, wait a moment. Look, Brigadier, look. I think it's starting. Well, here we go again. Give me the medical officer. Lieutenant Sullivan, Stop emergency. It. Come to the lab at once, please. What's he talking about? It's something that happened when we first met. I tell you, Brigadier, there's nothing to worry about. The brontosaurus is large and placid. This the patient, sir? And stupid. If a square on the hypotenuse equals the sum of the square on the other two sides, why is a mouse when it spins? <laughs> Never did know the answer to that one. So, Chris, would you like a jelly baby? I would like a jelly baby, straight from doctor's pocket, and then you went, what? What? And <laughs> yeah, no, sure enough. A jelly baby, I'm about to pop it in my mouth, <laughs> because we be going to talk about Tom Baker, <laughs> the fourth doctor. Here I go, yummy, yummy. Obviously, uh, Patrick Trotton was the first doctor to initiate the role of jelly babies into the doctor. John Pertwee never offered anyone jelly baby. And He's uh, a bugger. And there was an episode, <laughs> Robots of Death, whenever uh, Tom Baker goes, would you like a jelly baby? And the, the man goes, what? And then he knocks him out of his hand. He goes like, and then Tom Baker just goes, a simple no would suffice. And the jelly babies are just everywhere. So yes, the fourth doctor. Certainly a lot of people's popular choice, if you would say that. Mm -hmm. um, currently, at the time of recording... We have a Doctor Who poll up on the popculturenetwork.com forum. <laughs> Go there and you can still vote and we will update you with the scores in the next episode. Um, currently, David Tennant has two votes. Peter Davison has one vote. From you, probably. Shh, don't tell nobody. Um, and Tom Baker has two votes also. Nobody else has any other votes. You know what you have to do? You have to, you have to remove your vote for Davison and no. help Tennant win. Tennant? That's <laughs> all. Tennant to win? No. If I if I voted for Pertwee, then it'd be a Baker would be out in front. We no. need Tennant to win. No, you'll change your vote to Peter Davison. Then all better. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's good, but he's not that good. He's not Pertwee good. Right. <laughs> So the fourth Doctor was betrayed by Tom Ber Ber Berker? <laughs> yeah, you, Tom Berker? The fourth yeah, Doctor was betrayed just, by Tom Baker, even. He just saw his eyes, that was it. He just wore a Berker suit. 
Where's my telephone? I've it's the there? Where's my telephone? Under the clipboard. Sorry. Sorry, I got an interruption. I got email. Uh, <laughs> it's from... was betrayed by Tom Biggins. <laughs> it's from... from Tom Biggins. Then it's Baker, you fill not Burka. Then my name, Tom Baker, <laughs> not Tom Burka. So, sorry about that, Mr. You, Baker. You stupid Burke. <laughs> The so full doctor was betrayed by Tom Baker. <laughs> I think we know this by now. Right? Serving doctor to date, I dispute this though. I don't know why, but I just dispute it. Having held the role for a whole seven seasons. Why do you. Jeez. Oh, why do you dispute the fact that he's the longest running doctor? Because I read it somewhere. <laughs> right. Way to dispute a fact, Alan, with not having concrete evidence to back this up. Some of the day was supposedly I heard that. The way Terrence, I heard that the bird is the season worked out the way all his episodes add up because the episodes are technically longer in the more modern series. That if you were to add all of them together, he would be pretty much equal in time with Baker. Something along those lines. That's fibs. I don't know if it's fibs. I'll find it out for next episode. Tenant in next episode. Party! Calm down. Tenant is the reason I got into Doctor A. So all this is possible due to David Tennant. That's Christopher Eccleston for me. So sorry. Because I watched it from the beginning. I'm so sorry. Okay, what, since 1963? Yes, I wasn't even born then. I got my TARDIS and I went back and I watched everything. <laughs> a little fetus watching Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, it's nasty in the past, too. <laughs> Anywho, the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. First oh, stop saying the fourth Doctor. I'm just going to see the way you keep saying, don't say it, don't say it. I'm just going to keep going, fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. Fourth, do you know he was the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker? Yeah. Stop being so rude and eating into the microphone. <laughs> Tom Baker would not be impressed. Show baby. Yes. Thank you for muting your microphone, you rude son of a beach ball. So yes, the first episode <laughs> for the fourth Doctor Tom Baker. <laughs> oh, please. Is robot. It'd be a four-episode story. Right up to Terence Dix. Directed by Christopher Barry, and it aired on the 8th of December. Well, yes, we we watched this episode on my birthday. Uh, Alan really liked this story because Optimus Prime is in it. Transformers <laughs> <laughs> roll out. Uh, but no, um, in all fairness, folks. Um, yeah, it was weird seeing. It was weird seeing. Um, what's his name? The first Doctor. <laughs> Tom Baker. Tom Baker yeah. um, it's weird seeing him because obviously this is whenever he's regenerated, and then he comes out of the TARDIS dressed as a Viking. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Leftbridge Stewart, the Brigadier, says to him, "You need to. We need to go to like a, some meeting or something. They're go. They have to go to or something. Well, going to see the scene of the well, not crime, but <laughs> stuff that's went on." Um, and he says, "You have to get dressed." And we're like, "Okay." And off he pops into the TARDIS, comes up as a, out as a Viking first. Yeah. It's like, Doctor, I don't think that's suitable. So off he goes back in with the TARDIS again. Comes out dressed like a court jester. No, it's 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 more like a card. Yeah, it's more like, like a king in the card deck. Yeah. Card. Then he goes again. He comes out dressed as like a clown. It's kind of like a frilly kind of outfit. No, it's mine, was it not? I'm not so sure. It was mine because sure he had the hat on and he had like the wee tear. Mm. Clown slash mime. One of those two. Yeah. Then, of course, he re-entered the TARDIS, and out he came in his glorious hat and scarf ensemble. Yes, exactly. And he then wasn't he just said, wearing a hat and scarf, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just so you know. And he said, would this do? And Brigadier goes, yes. yes, yes, that'll do. I can go change if you want. No, no, it's fine. That'll do, that'll do. That'll do. 
Middle pig. So, the first thing that stood out for us in this episode was when the Doctor arrives with Leftbridge Stewart at the scene of the commotion <laughs> that has been going on, and he's talking to the Brigadier while sitting in the Jeep. Uh, and it's a Jeep with no roof on it. It's, it's obviously, I think it's a Jeep that it's meant to have like a canvas roof, but they didn't have it on it. Um, and he's sitting there in his seat as normal, but then he puts his feet up on top of the window frame yeah. and it's just sitting there in what looks like the most uncomfortable <laughs> position ever yeah. and then he has to he basically goes to jump out of the car to go off, out, off after off after <laughs> after uh, <laughs> after round uh, to have a look at the huge problem that's going on um, but he doesn't, you know, the Brigadier gets out of the car thing just the normal way, out through the door, and off he goes. And then Tom Baker decides to follow. <laughs> you just see him flick his scarf into the air, and while the scarf's in midair, he, like, hurdles himself <laughs> over the top of the door frame. Yeah. And lands, and just as he runs, the hat disappears, <laughs> and falls off, and disappears, and he just, like, oh, stuff that, and keeps running on. I <laughs> don't forget about my gates running down the steps and then whacking his back into oh, the van, going, oh! It's just, you just see my gates just trundling down the kind of hillside, and you just see him go to turn round to the Jeep, and you just see, see like, his foot slips, and he just slams <laughs> his back into the Jeep, and you just see him go, oh! like, oh, my back. Yeah, the robot has huge feet. It has, it's, so out of proportion, <laughs> it's not even funny. And then pockets disappear. Like, the top of the body is like huge, and then the legs are like tiny, and then it has huge feet. Um, I feel really sorry for the individual who had to wear that outfit for the entire filming. Yeah. Um, but of course, uh, we've kind of homed in on one wee area there of the Doctor's crazy wackiness, which everybody knows that he's with Tom Baker. Um, just make sure I didn't mute my microphone back <laughs> now doing all my hand signals. Uh, which nobody sees. I don't know why I do it. Um, well, maybe we'll see you whenever we're at the Doctor Experience. We go, look at this! Be like, look at this! Look, 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 look. Be like, Alan, my face, you slapped me. <laughs> Again. Um, of course, the whole thing about this is that there has been this giant robot... In disguise. Uh, <laughs> ...created uh, to basically help these crazy, kooky people take over the world and like cause nuclear war and all this jazz I don't know yeah. how robots meant to cause nuclear war and all but um, it has been created by a rather crazy individual called Professor Kettlewell <laughs> yeah that's the guy he with it <laughs> crazy crazy hairdo it's like what you would expect a mad scientist to have I basically described it when we were watching it as like Mickey Mouse hair <laughs> it looks like Einstein it's like Two, like Mickey Mouse's ears with like this reservoir of no hair up the middle and it's just like whoa he it is looks like crazy. Albert Einstein has put his fingers in an electricity socket <laughs> yeah exactly um, and of course as well you have the doctor ends up uh, squaring up to the robot in like is it like a wee basement or something like that yeah and, who tries to trip it up by tying his scarf between two pillars. Yeah, and he put his, his hat over its eyes and it doesn't move. It's just like, it's just like oh no. Um, but then the doctor gets knocked out. That's not very pleasant. It's a good enough wee story. Especially like, for... I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good... You know, it's a good first episode again. Like we were saying, you need a good first episode for the yeah. doctor. The only one that you see Tom Baker using Bessie in. 
It is true, um, because this was the last episode Bessie was ever seen in, until an episode where McCoy got it out of what the Brigadier described as mothballs. Because the Brigadier had obviously put it in the garage and just said, bye-bye, Bessie, my dear, because the Doctor shoots off back in his TARDIS and doesn't really like Earth things. Did you see it again in the Five Doctors, though? That is true, because uh, Pertwee uses Seven. that and that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, come on, Sarah Jane, let's go. And then, obviously, oh, we'll get that in a minute, we'll get that in a minute. <laughs> oh. We'll get there. We'll get, there. we'll get there when we're talking about Peter Davison. Peter Davison. Davis, Peter Davison. But of course, this is... And I, I made you rewind the DVD, which is hilarious. At one point, uh, the Brigadier tries to use the disintegration gun on the robot. Yeah. And it just causes the robot to go... Whoop, and become really huge. And at that point, I was like, quickly get the Megazord for the Power Rangers. <laughs> um... And then the Doctor decides to create the kind of antimatter sort of thing. Yeah. It was like the... Like a virus, a virus almost. to the living metal that yeah. Kent well said the, doc- the, well, the Doctor was made out of. The robot was made <laughs> out of. Um, and you just see the Doctor shooting off and Bessie leaning out the side with this bucket. And then he, they're going up the hill. And just as they're reaching kind of the robot, I just I just said to Chris... The bucket's disappeared! <laughs> Chris rewound it back. And because of the effect, you just see them reach the top of the hill and just the bucket disappears out of Baker's hand because of the the way they've put the robot on the huh. surroundings. Stop eating jelly babies! <laughs> oh, right, Tom Baker, you have to. <laughs> got two stuck together. Oh, stuck together. But of course, this is the funny bit where you see at the end of the episode, the Doctor starts obviously using the TARDIS more again and going off on intergalactic adventures mm-hmm. um, I laughed at the end because it was the bit where obviously he takes Elizabeth Sloan with Sarah Jane Smith with him but he also says it's the bit where is it, was it the, the doctor of unit that was pretend to be as Elizabeth Sloan says James Bond yeah um, the character is Ian Martyr um, the doctor goes yeah yeah just you know, have a look inside. Yeah. He just goes, and he goes, like, oh my. <laughs> yeah. And he just see the doctor and Sergi and smile at each other and end the pop and all. Yeah, and then the brigadier goes, like, Doctor, we have to go to that. Uh, I'll tell him you'll be late. Which is the last time we see the brigadier until the fifth doctor, isn't it? What am I, yeah. Because you see him in the fifth doctor and then you see him once with McCoy. I don't think you see him again. Well, you see him in the five doctors also. Yes. Sad times. Yes. We want Leftbridge Stewart back. Well, Leftbridge Stewart was due to come back uh, in that Sarah Jane's adventure episode where she yeah, got married, but yeah. he wasn't feeling well. It's like, damn you! Damn you! Um, sorry, we kind of spent a wee bit too much time in that episode. <laughs> As you said we would. <laughs> I said we'd probably end up spending so much because it's so fresh in our mind. Um, but our next episode of Tom Mega is Genesis of the Daleks. Probably one of the most highly rated, again, in the Doctor Who magazine. I think it was rated number three, mm-hmm. with 91-odd percent. Sweet. Um, it's an epic storyline, and probably one of my favourite storylines involving the Daleks. Because Davros unveils the first ever Dalek using a remote control. Yes. <laughs> It'd be like RC cars, but only with Daleks. <laughs> Like, press the big red button and say exterminate. Yeah, and they do like dodgems and stuff. They <laughs> all like start crashing at each other. Dalek dodgems. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Idea for a fun ride. 
That would be good. I'd say let's make a Doctor Who uh, like Fun Park or something like that, and like Dalek Dodgems, and I'm trying to think. Cyberman Cyclone. Cyberman Cyclone. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, be like shooting around on this track, and he'd be like, "Oh, the blades coming in and trying to change him to Cyberman." I'd be like, "No, I don't want to turn into Cyberman." Sea Devil uh, TN Cup Ride. Oh, what? Sing <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, have you seen this one? Well, I've given you the audiobook there to listen to. Yes, I have indeed got the audiobook beside me in Genesis off the toilets, if I can get my kitchen roll off the top of it here. Um, Read the back of it. This looks quite scary, man. Tom Baker's the Doctor. Oh, really? <laughs> Elizabeth Sladen as Miss Sarah Jane Smith. When is the creation of the deadliest enemies? Who would be? I don't know. Um, we're talking about the Daleks, the most evil creatures ever invented. You must destroy them. You must complete your mission for the Time Lords. Tom Baker narrates the abridged version of this 1975 television adventure. It'd be a thousand-year war of attrition. It reaches its climax with the crippled scientist Davros has created protective casings for the genetic mutations which his race will become. Only the Doctor knows what fear and misery these Daleks will inflict upon the universe. But with time running out, can he prevent the birth of such evil? In other words, no. In other words, no. So, in other words, folks, if you watch this episode, does he prevent the Daleks from being created? No! Because we see them in a... Uh, YMCA and Power Rangers in, like, Mansmith's era. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Oh yeah, the Power Rangers or the Teletubby Daleks. Oh, the Roger General yeah. Manager. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay, the Doctor's paging me again. Let's play Tom Baker. Tom Baker be like, talk more about me. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm fantabulous. Move on from Genesis of the Daleks. Pyramids of Mars. Yeah, I watched this. I watched this one the other day. It's a very good episode. So it is. Um. There's like obviously there's this guy who imports all this stuff from I don't know Egypt or whatever, and there's like this what's the word like statue? Yeah, almost like a statue, but like a coffin kind of thing, you know, like um, pharaohs are put into, you know, that kind of thing. Aye, that's the fella. There we go. Um, and um, he's talking to it, and then this dude comes out of it and uh, spells trouble for the doctor. There's like these big there's these neck or something. Yeah, there's a, these big burly dudes as well. And big the do- burly dudes. <laughs> the doctor dresses up as one of them uh, to try and infiltrate. And uh, yeah, it's a good fun episode. I had it on my iPod and I watched it on my TV via my component cable from my iPod, which is very good. You get one of them. He's not trying to sell you anything at all, ladies and gentlemen. We don't do that. I got mine for something like £6 in Tesco's years ago. I also came with. Uh, Other good retailers are available. And you also get a plug with it as well. Whoa, a whole it. plug? Is that the like, like electricity to plug into it or something? Yes, it is, smart arse. Oh, somebody's getting angry. He's going to throw a chocolate raisin at me. No. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have raspberry ruffles tonight. <laughs> we have chocolate-covered raisins, which are like Cadbury fruit and nut, but without the nut. <laughs> considering, considering the last time somebody said raspberry ruffles, but what my choice? But what can you do? So the kind of kids, are, I don't want to eat them, but I probably will anyway, <laughs> because they're in to me. All righty, huh? Uh, 
Next we have Assassin's Creed. No, sorry, I mean the Deadly Assassin. <laughs> Assassin's Creed, yeah. Tom Baker goes around with knives up his up his wrist <laughs> and killing people. Just like and then blending in as well. Also, I should say that I'm wearing a Tom Baker T-shirt, which is quite cool. But of course, what one's this we're talking the episode, about? Sorry? The episode before, well, not the episode, the story. The story before was when Sarah Jane Smith departed with the Doctor. What story is that? The story is, if you'll give me a minute, <laughs> The Hand of Fear. All oh, right. Yes, I've seen that on eBay for like about three or four pounds. I thought you were about to say like 30 quid there or something <laughs> like that. Um, departed, she departed in the previous story and Leela joins in the next story so it's an episode without any companions. Hello Leela. Lovely Leela. Leela. Futurama then ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, yeah. I, what? This is he's, the Doctor summoned the Gallifrey to see the Time Lords of course. However, when the president of the High Council, he'd be assassinated, of course, because that is like part of the title, is an assassination. Oh, the deadly assassin. Yes, he is the high head of the High Council, the president. <coughs> he assassinated. He, doctor becomes prime suspect. It'd be like, oh no. <laughs> becomes a prime suspect. Tiger comes and goes, been a murder. Been a murder. Even though it was never said. <laughs> yeah. Um, but an old enemy lurks in the shadows. Pulling the strings, of course, which is the master. Huh? Who is not who you think it is? It'd be a Peter Platt. Platt. Sorry, my mouth would not be working. <laughs> Peter Platt. Platt people's hair. Maybe a Pratt. His best television role. It says here, Peter Pratt, best known television role was the second master. Well, well done there. Isn't that right? Because That's because... Uh, what's his name? This'll bug me now. Robert Delgado. Yeah, he played the first master, and he was awesome in it. He, he died. Was, he was really good. He died in a yeah. car crash, unfortunately. Such a waste mm-hmm. of evil. But then the other guy looks quite like yeah, him. Yeah, when he's done up, he looks a spit off him. Yep. It was obviously again from moustache, Charles moustache. Yeah, as Trevor from the Doctor Who podcast was there. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to do that. <laughs> yeah, please never do that again. Why not? Do you <laughs> want? Throwing raspberries. Throwing raspberries? Better than raspberry ruffles, man. <laughs> That's gratitude for you. You greedy man. You greedy man. What's the next one then? It'd be the robots. Of, surprisingly enough, death. <laughs> I really, don't really. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed this episode. V4, that is not the doctor. Be a remote desert on a distant planet. Yep. And you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for rare and valuable ores. Ores. Sorry, the sound went a bit uh, disturbing there with all the good ores. Ores like so, like storm mine four is like scraping the surface of a vast barren desert with <laughs> like materials, and then Tom Baker shows up, and it's like we're gonna die. <laughs> but they don't. Why don't they? Tell me now. Because the doctor saves them. Oh well, sorry, I should have guessed that one, shouldn't I? Because how he how he um, combats at the end is he puts Leela into like a cupboard with like some helium. What? Uh, and then Hello. The, and then at the end he goes like, "What is? What do we?" Leela says, "What I do with this?" And he says, "Like just turn the valve whenever I say, you know, whatever it is." And uh, Tom Baker is like sitting there and he's about to get ejected with something. Ooh, it's and 
any man could say, I, you know, like, it's like, I killed your brother! He doesn't actually say that, but it sounds like, you know, it again, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but he says something, and then the robot comes in, and he starts strangling him, and he goes like, don't kill me! Because it obviously doesn't understand the pattern of his voice, because it's so high. And then the good robot, who tried to save them all, um, kills them. Well, the, uh, he um, sacrifices himself. Well, that works well, doesn't it? It does. Our next story is the Talons of Wing Chiang. And this, be- this, is, this is where the doctor is like wearing Sherlock Holmes's hat. Yes. It's a very good episode as well. This is like another seven or eight parter. Uh, and this is the one that has six. like... Yeah, six. Django and Lightfoot or whatever they're called. Henry Gordon. Yeah. Django. And Professor Lightfoot. Yeah. Was played, they, was played by Trevor Baxter. And they've got their own, like, um... There's also Mr. Sin in this. Well, they've got their audiobooks. That's true. Nice yes. day, so they're they're obviously two quite popular characters. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good episode. Have you seen this one? I'm all not 100% sure. I don't think all the way. It's like, um, one of... It's like, like Victorian England, isn't it? Yeah, there's, like, a guy who's, like, uh, <laughs> um... Ventriloquist, but the ventriloquist dummy is actually a real life dummy. Whoa, that's yeah. that's quite it's scary. Like a real life man. So yeah. It's like Pinocchio. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a very very good episode. So it is. So I would highly recommend this one. I would probably say my favourite one so far would be Dance of the Daleks, Robots of Death, and then this. Fair enough. Fair enough. It is, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? CD. What? <laughs> Oh, CGI, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is where I'll turn his head around. What? So what are you blathering about? The next one. Isn't all a Sontaha? Sontaha! What was that? Be the invasion of time. That's <laughs> a really breaking the song. It's where the Sontarans invade the citadel of the Time Lords. <laughs> like, I'm gonna beat you up. <laughs> Oosh! Oosh! Easy. I need to take a drink. This is Eesh! this is the final appearance of Louise Jameson, the companion Leela, oh. and K Nine Mark One. <laughs> Master, it's not, I'm not trying to do a particular impression of K Nine there because it's not possible to do it. I was going to try and I thought no, but I better not. Go. Hello, Master. It sounds like more, more like. That's more better. Like, that's a better attempt than mine. <laughs> Well, your impressions always sound like wind, if you're totally honest. That's delightful, thank you very much. But this is where the Doctor returns to Gallifrey, and he's claimed the presidency. He'd be like, I'll be in charge now. Oh, yes, I do remember this one. This is the one where for... Um, Leela's thrown in jail. Huh? Leela's thrown in jail. Yeah, and then he pretends to do something, and then there's like a a lock inside his room, but it's like a voice-activated lock. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is a very, very strange story, if I'm honest. Um, it's not particularly one of my favorite. It is ones. a bit of an odd one. Yeah, and then you see them using the same car door like about five million times in the episode. That happened in the Three Doctors as well. The one where they're in like that, the base of Omega, and they're going running around and trying to avoid the, the Three monsters. Three Doctors is great. So be quiet. It was good, but I'm just saying, again, using the same corridors. But there's nothing wrong with using the same corridors. Like, it could just be a big maze that all just looks the same. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, man. <laughs> What's the next story, then? 
It'd be the city of death. Oh, Why does yeah. everything have to be about death? <laughs> city of life, no death. That's yeah, this wouldn't get much people's attention. It's a very, very good story, and it also has John Cleese in it at the end, whenever the TARDIS disappears, and he goes like, like "Don't mention the war." <laughs> no, he Time war that is. Ha! Ah, see what I did there. <laughs> he says something. Uh, that's absolutely brilliant because they all run into the TARDIS and it disappears. But yeah, this is um, I forgot about this story. So this is actually my favorite Tom Baker story. It's City of Death. Yeah, it's set in France. One you learned me. Yes. You don't know, like have a squid face, not squid face. Yes, that's your man who played uh, Donovan in Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Oh, right, that's the link-up. Yes, yes, I remember you saying. Yes, yes, I remember this. Yes, it's a very good story. City of Death, yes, very good. Surprisingly, everybody doesn't die. Or do they? You have to watch and find out yourself! <laughs> so <a> random, <laughs> yeah. As I always tend to be. Yeah. What's the next story then, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> Keeper of the Tracking before episode parts. Um, I've only watched this a couple of days ago, so I've watched that many Doctor Who episodes. I really don't remember much about this episode. I'll probably fill me in about it. I shall fill you in right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Easy. Dirty. <laughs> Plot for you, Chris, is as follows. Oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> the Doctor and Adric arrive back in end space. And it's oh, I hate Ad. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, Adric I'm just going to sit back now and listen to your rant here. Adric is one of the worst companions ever. I don't know what it is. We'll touch on it later on. But the male companions, apart from the other dude who appeared with Tom Baker in the first story, whose name I can't remember, Ian, Ian is it? Yeah. He was the best male companion. Adric looked like a bloody little elf. And I hate Adric. And then apparently Peter Davison gets it and killed. So Peter Davison has went up in my estimation. So yeah. That's just delightful. Are you crap. Okay. <laughs> Calm. You don't know what it's like, Al. You haven't seen an episode with Adric. Well, this is where we meet Nessa as well. So I'd be like, come on, Nessa, let's hop in the TARDIS. Let's go. Come she on. turns into a leper, though. Leper ship! Enough for that later. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're you're breaking my train of thought. <laughs> it's not hard, really. You said about Nissa. Yeah, N the leper ship. <laughs> I'm I'm not putting up with this, Chris. I'm moving on. I'm sorry. Because you've, you've completely broke my train of thought. <laughs> I don't even know what happens over. That's all kind of broke down. Keep the track and right. Final Tom Baker episode that we have here is. Locopolis. <laughs> yes, that's wherever the master gets him killed. The doctor ponders the meaning behind the mysterious white figure. Yeah, which is kind of the doctor in essence, and this is yes. this is like whenever they knew that Tom Baker was leaving, but they didn't but know he were hiring. So then he like it was kind of a case of how they could regenerate and do like the. Very much the opposite of what they did with Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy, where they had Sylvester McCoy wear a wig. Colin Baker wig on, yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas this is kind of opposite. Um, and the only time we see like this um, keeper or whatever he's Col called. Uh, Colin Baker's ring to complain. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you, Colin Baker. We're not talking about you because you're not important. To well, me. Let me have a check. I'll check, see who it is. Who would be? Um, let's see. Open. 
emails. Who be? Hello. Uh, hello, Pixel Dan. Hello, Pixel Dan. He been emailing me. What did he say? Hey, Alan. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you mu- <laughs> very much, Pixel Dan. I shall respond to you after I finish recording. Thank what you. else does he say? No, not telling. Private information. Oh, it's be a graphics designer for the Pop Culture Network job, so I keep it to myself. Oh, all right, fine then. Obviously, we're not important enough, hey, Pixel Dan. <laughs> you do not have the skills of Photoshop. I do. I can draw a stick man going, woohoo, party. Alrighty. <laughs> little, line, little lines of streamers. <laughs> okay. But this is where. Lacog. Lacog. This is the. Huh? Oh, I need to say this episode again. Lacog. Logopolis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I this is the bit where Tom Baker falls yes. off like a tar, yeah, and that causes him to be injured enough to regenerate. Yeah. Yet, and again, no doubt we'll probably bring this up in the next episode again with Tennant. Yet Tennant flies hundreds of feet through the air and lands through a glass like ceiling onto a paved floor and brushes himself off and gets up. It's just yeah. like. Right, obviously he gets tougher with age then. <laughs> yeah, it's wear and tear. But yes, that is the end of Tom Baker. What was your favourite episode, Alan? Out of these, Logopolis, because it gets to go to Peter Davison. Um, <laughs> right. No, to be totally honest, I really enjoyed Robot the other day and it was a good laugh. So it was. It's probably it's because, not, not the probably it's because not, it has Brigadier in it as well. Yeah, yeah, I do like yeah. Brigadier. I'm a Brigadier fan. I'd be like, Leftwich Short! <laughs> um, but there will be the return of Leftwich Short in our next segment after the break. No, but before we go to the break, because before. Well, we go to break, and then before we come back, we're playing an MP3 file from Chris Sunday, because this is to do with a. has a little rant about Tom Baker. Chris Sunday on a Sunday. <laughs> if you listen to this on a Sunday. Yeah, we're not listening to it Sunday. Sunday. We'll then have a piece of toast and wait until it's Sunday. And then listen to Chris Sunday on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Maybe someday. His <laughs> name is now Chris Sunday. But if you haven't listened to that, and then we'll come back with, Oh, Chris, it's great and small. Only. I don't know where it's going. <laughs> I don't know. See you <laughs> after break, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Davison. Hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vince and Alan Price, and this is Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network. Man, hyperspace always looks so freaky. Okay, Chris, you wanted one, I'm giving it to you. Okay, was I always a Doctor Who fan? No. I originally actually hated the original series. The first one I was introduced was to Tom Baker, and I just couldn't stand him. I thought he was ridiculous. It just... He overacted everything, so it's like... It just really turned me off to the show when they would air it on PBS, and so it's like, ugh, how can anyone watch this? This is horrible. Um, Then they started airing some of the earlier stuff, and starting with um, William Hartnell saw the beginning, Unearthly Child, which was really good. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't much so that I would become a fan. I enjoyed watching the early stuff. 
Um, saw from each one, I saw a little bit more, some of episodes that they would get the rights to be able to air here in the States, and it's like, okay, not bad, but it just, I would only watch it when it, if it was on, and if it wasn't one, I haven't seen, because they would air like maybe one or two, and then they would re-air them at nauseam until I guess they got the rights to air the other ones. Um, but then, but the one I remember mostly that really hooked me, which some people probably might find strange, was, um, where is he? Sylvester McCoy. I enjoyed him, even though he only lasted, what, one season as the Doctor before they canceled it. I really enjoyed his, his portrayal as the Doctor. And it was a shame that his was cut short, because I think he probably would have been really good. Up until, you know, and I was glad when they had him in the Fox Doctor Who movie. It's like, yeah, he was there for a little, only for like, what, I think maybe five minutes, and then they had him become, oh god, I can't even think what his, the doctor after him was. Because somebody forgot to put him on the list. Maybe I could always do this. Nope, didn't work. Anyway, but. I essentially became a fan like many other people once the BBC brought the show back with Christopher Eccleston. And I enjoyed him. I thought he was really good. And Let's see. That series I thought was really good. Way, of course, the special effects is what really got to me. I thought it was really neat and didn't look cheap as the old series did. Of course, back then, you know, Story was more important, was the most important thing other than the special effects. So it's like, but when I saw, finally was able to see this entire series because I had to <coughs> download it off BitTorrent because it was not aired here in the States when it was being aired there and over in Britain. And it's like, oh, I want to see the show. And when I think it was like a year and a half later when Sci-Fi Channel got it, and it's like, but they edited it from what I was read online, so so I decided I just downloaded off BitTorrent and watched them. Every Sunday I would air download it cause after it was aired and um, watch it, and I really enjoyed it. My favorite episode of that season was Father's Day, the episode where the Doctor and Rose goes back and to the day where her father is killed. I just thought that was one of the best episodes of the season. And that's what hooked me to the show. And then, of course, later, finally, final episode of that season, he regenerates into the marvelous David Tennant, who was just wonderful. Which I think everybody probably will believe, out of the new series, he's the best, even though there's only been three doctors since it started, the new series started, but I think he was, he's wonderful, he's, he's my Tom Baker, even though I hate to have to compare him to Tom Baker, because I think he was vastly superior to Tom Baker, ooh, I might get emails on that, but it was, when Tennant took over, the show took a different turn, which I thought was a lot better, Gave us some really good episodes. My favorite from season series two was School Reunion, which brought back the wonderful Sarah Jane. And 
just seeing one of the old companions brought back into the fold with the new series, which was great. So she got to see K9. That pain in the butt robotic dog. <laughs> and you got to see the return of the Cybermen, which I liked the read ver updated versions of them, which was really nice and everything. And then we went on to series three, which brought us the very beautiful Martha Jones. I liked her a hell of a lot better than Rose, because I always thought Rose was a whiny little git. And, of course, Series 4 had my favorite episode. I think a lot of people's favorite episode was Blink. Shows you could have a really great Doctor Who episode without the Doctor, which I enjoyed. But I have to also say, while I liked Martha... I thought the Christmas special for that that came out before this season, The Christmas Bride, with Donna Noble, my favorite companion. I was just like how she always would put the Doctor in her in his place. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. I can't talk. <laughs> but series three was my favorite up until when they brought Donna back for series four had so many great episodes. My favorite was the two-part library episode, which also introduced us to a new character, Dr. River Song, who I just thought was wonderful. wonderful, and It's just interesting how they brought somebody in who supposedly knows the Doctor more than he knows himself. And then, of course... But the one episode I really enjoyed the most was, if I remember correctly, it's Left Turn, which is all about Donna, which was great. Oh, sorry, Turn Left. Just to show how much she really helped with the Doctor and everything. I just thought that was one of my favorite episodes and how she has to basically, oh, I better not end it in case anyone hasn't heard, watched that episode, but if you have them on a DVD or you can get access to it, watch it. It's a great episode. Another great episode that really doesn't involve the Doctor much, except for at the beginning and the end. And it leads into the great two-part series finale, Stolen Earths and Journey's End. Which the ending for that of Journey's End is just heartbreaking in my opinion. What happens to Donna? Because I, she was my favorite, as I said, and I just wish there was they could have done more with her. And but then of course it brought us into series five with the new Doctor, Matt Smith, and he's growing on me. Not like a fungus, but I'm actually really I've been watching series five. I've watched it in, like, in series about three times now, and I've really enjoyed it, and I do like Amy Pond. She sort of has a, f of course, she's a redhead. I have a thing for redheads. I love redheads. All right, wait, British people call Ginger. It's which the doctor himself keeps one seems to become a ginger for some reason. Anyway, but it was a the stories were good. 
And of course, it brought back the Weeping Angels. Is it the Weeping Angels? Yeah. Um, brought back River Song. And of course, you got the spunky Amy Pond. And I like Rory. I thought he was a cool addition. Nice to see more than one companion on the show again. Haven't seen that since some of the early episodes. Of course, I can't remember their names. Because <laughs> I rarely watch the original characters. I would see occasional, like I said, I'd watch occasional episodes and when they had them on PBS, public broadcasting, and, and everything. and Or when a, f a former friend who would always buy every single Doctor Who DVD that came out here in the States at the cost of his girl, at then, at the time, girlfriend. One day they went up to Suncoast Videos and they spent about $600 on Doctor Who VHSs. And then when a whole bunch of them came out, they went and did it again. So it's like, uh, no wonder she was in debt. Anyway, but I do consider myself a fan now of Doctor Who, because after all, if you're a fan, you have to buy a sonic screwdriver. And buy the DVDs and the action figures and everything else. And Well, you don't have to be a, f a big fan to, you know, to do all that. But if you're a fan of the show, you can do it. You know. <laughs> but I enjoyed the show. I'm looking forward to next season. See what's from the spoilers, as someone would say. From what I would, to me, spoilers only adds to the fuel. Makes me want to see it more. Supposedly, we'll get to learn more about some other characters as well as spoilers herself, and so I can't wait to see that. The Christmas special for this past season was really good. Christmas Carol, I really enjoyed. So I can't wait to get that on DVD. Oops, excuse me. Blu-ray. My new thing now. Gotta buy them on Blu-ray if they have them. But, as I said, I'm a Tenant fan. Tenant was my, as I said, Tom ba is my Tom Baker, and I do like Christopher Eccleston. He's my second runner-up, followed by Sylvester McCoy, and Peter Davidson was okay. I loathe Tom Baker because I just thought he was a nutcase. But of course, from what it seems now, they're saying that he thinks he's the Doctor. He's sort of turning into like Tar the guy that played Tarzan, who basically said, "I am Tarzan." Before he dies, he died. <laughs> and I very rarely watched any of the episodes. I think it's was it Patrick Trotton, the one that looked like Mo from the Three Stooges. I always kept calling him the Mo Doctor. Oh, and Colin Baker was also an ass. I didn't like him. I thought he was one of the worst doctors, followed by Tom Baker. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I think that'd be it for now. I'll see y'all later. Bye. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retro Shock with crazy cool Chris Vent and awfully awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. 
Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. was just messing around with Pac-Man sweets trying to make his drink fizz so I threw a jelly baby in and it fizzed up unfortunately a jelly baby has drowned it'd be dead but as well as Tom Baker's version of the doctor because now we have Peter Davis and I need to move my microphone down just a tad a little bit a little bit just a little bit I hope you all enjoyed Chris Sundays on a Sunday Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday and back to Sunday. Seven days, rise and fall, featuring Sting. But we all hope you enjoy Chris Sunday's MP3, as I certainly did. It was proper wicked, man. Yes. Thank him. What? <laughs> thank Big him. Frank! I would like to thank him for putting in so much effort. Leopard Stewart. Leopard Stewart. <laughs> Brigadier. <coughs> the doctor! I got my huge telephone. Like that. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, so I think that's more Winston Churchill there, huh? Cigar. I don't think I don't think Winston Churchill just spoke it like that. <laughs> Cigar. Cigar. <laughs> Maybe he was an early Spice Girl. When cigar, cigar. I'm quite scared and bad. Yeah, he'd be scared, but I honestly can't say anything. So, it is... Peter Davison! The story of his... Tenure. Tenure, and I need to make a noise. <laughs> oh, Dante! <laughs> Say about that. See, Chris has to 
bring shame upon <laughs> the time of Peter Davis. I'm terribly. Hey, I got it out before we actually started discussing it. Why does sound like I'm junk? Junk in your trunk? Yeah, well, I'll just let it out there. Of course, at this point in time, Peter Davison was the youngest doctor to take on the road. Really? Yeah, it's really, really. Because Peter Davison, he'd be born <laughs> late after the whole lot of them. He was only born in 1951, because he'd only be currently 59. So that means uh, he started back in, what was it? It was 1982 odds. So we take, uh, it'd be like... <laughs> 28 we years ago. Moving 16. He was like 31. <laughs> 16. No. <laughs> doctor 16. I feel like a child's fantasy. Like, Look after the doctor. <laughs> I almost got half the age right though. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 31 then. Um, jelly baby. No, he <laughs> don't have jelly baby. He has celery. <laughs> That's true. It takes a lot to wear a decorative vegetable. <laughs> What's his first story then, all? Castrovala! <laughs> Sorry. It's very weird whenever you see him regenerated and he's actually wearing Tom Baker's outfit. It's very weird seeing him with the long scarf and all. And he has to go to the... Hold on, my ears, is he? He has to go to the Zero Room because it helps him um, get his faculties together and it's a quiet room and Bring stuff. Bring himself together, man. And he actually sleeps while he's floating, like uh, Superman. You're floating! <laughs> like Superman. Uh, but yeah, it's a good story. Because the basic synopsis, if you so to say, about this one is obviously he is newly regenerated. He's in a vulnerable state. The master has escaped, man! You're gonna kill us all! He'll save us, Peter Davidson! <laughs> <laughs> the lava ship! His regeneration is failing, though, which is obviously your reasoning for him sending him off to the zero room. Uh, the doctor and his companions go to the city of Castrovalva to let him recover, but a trap waits for them there from the master. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> you can't have an excuse for this one now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, um... What's I going to say? Yeah, Adric's in this episode. Oh. So it's Tilen Jovanka! <laughs> Jovanka! Good I, mate. Where's the doctor? Doctor? Where are you? I've got a flaming tag. I'm going to go down the diner. All right, then. <laughs> flaming Marilyn. Flaming Nora. <laughs> flaming Nessa. Master's disguise hidden in this episode. In episode three, the role of Port Reeve was credited to Neil Tornay, an anagram of Tony Anley, director Fiona Cummings' husband, Ian Fraser. Later, a production manager of <laughs> Doctor Who came up with the idea. They love giving the master <laughs> different names. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is an absolute. Dumb I think thing. in one of Christopher Eccleston's stories, they call him Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob. What's going on, Bob? Yeah, I actually like puzzled there when I said I'm that. I'm quite scared. Yeah. Like, who's Bob? No, I'll lend you that uh, Castrovalva. Um, Please do because it's like one of the flipping, you know, key from just Peter Davis. Like, fine, I'll get it now. I'm in. Jeez. I'm not telling you to get it now. I can't watch it now while we're flipping. Ugh. It has to be so complicated. I can't tell this man no at times. Black, thank you. Oh, look at that. It's lovely. <laughs> Be wearing a cricket jumper. But like, hello. Yeah, it's great seeing him trying on his clothes. 
um, because he, he has, the doctor actually has a cricket room, mm-hmm. so he actually goes in there and tries to fall, and he's in with a cricket bat in front of a mirror, and he puts the hat on, and he doesn't know well, if he can get away with a hat Sorry, or not. I'm just looking at the back of the DVD. I've never seen some of the pictures from this episode. Um, the TARDIS is, took a pretty bad landing there. Yeah, that's because Tegan flies it. Never let a woman fly the TARDIS. <laughs> oh, hit mail for Alan Price, and Alan Price is a bigoted so-and-so at PaulCultureNetwork.com. Well, River Song drives the TARDIS okay. <laughs> well, pilots, so to say, driving insinuates a car. It's piloting. Um, but we don't know if River Song is, in fact, actually a proper man. <laughs> because Time Wolf can regenerate into... Barman. <laughs> oh, if it's Barman, from what I've heard. I haven't went and looked on the DWP's website yet, on the forums, but supposedly there's a thread on there that like backs up River Song being John Barman, and I'm like, what? Captain Jack. You know, it's just Thomas. like, just start singing. <laughs> yep. Singing and dancing. I'm dancing, Dad, I'm dancing. <laughs> Stop it! Huh? Easy. Sorry, I had a bit of a blockage there. <laughs> Why is my nose starting to fucking give me bother when we're talking about Peter Davison? Black because I be getting all emotion. <laughs> uh, Peter David. <laughs> what? Oh, you made me laugh. I hope you choke. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, friend. <laughs> Watch that Coke. I'm not going to punch it. I'll move it out the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to... Oh, Last right time right. I filled up Coke next to my laptop, a bit <laughs> dropped on my keyboard. And I was like, no! Never touch a drip in your life except a drop. A little drip drop. What's the next story? Earthshock, which Christopher bought me for Christmas. I was right about to say birthday <laughs> for some random reason. And unfortunately, due to work, I still have not actually watched it. Even though he said that he was going to watch it whenever he finished editing my birthday show, we went like, oh, it's going to be a trip for me Thursday night. Watch out. Brilliant. And then I finished editing the show too late, and I was like, oh, me tired. <laughs> but let me go sleepy bye-byes now. But of course, I don't know why I'm holding my clipboard. <laughs> I was going to say, can you please stop like, doing that? Hello, it's just me talking to you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the TARDIS drops the fifth Doctor and his companions in the middle of an investigation into the murder of a team of scientists in a complex of caves. Deadly androids are patrolling the tunnels, but what are they protecting and whom are they working for? Whom may they be, Christopher? <laughs> C-3PO and R2-D2. No, it's not C-3PO, I'm sorry. C-3PO. <laughs> Bender. C-3PO, pa. <laughs> um, it is, in fact, Cybermen. Huh? Oh, noes. We're going to be deleted. Hit the delete key! Press any key! <laughs> Where's my any key? Where's my tab? I didn't know that the um, Cybermen were in that. Yes, indeed they are, because uh, there's like a part where the Cybermen are like gathered around like a center console, and there's like, we just see like a wee like hologram of Peter Davison's face. Alright. Like, they be watching him. And there's like a giant drill and stuff on the table. I was about to say a naughty word there. <laughs> I was about to say a drill and FH1T. <laughs> but yeah. I no can't say that uh, because you have to edit. But this is the one where actually gets a bit. Oh, hey, now Chris is getting message. Hello, who would be? Jeez, uh, dude, I just peeked into the media disc you sent me. That's a lot of Master Universe stuff you crammed in there. Thanks, dude. From Tammy to Whammy. Woohoo! Party. Party but this is the episode where Adric starts getting a bit whiny and argues with the Doctor. 
about the lack of attention he receives and respect in comparison to Nissa and Tegan. It's because they be a couple of fine-looking women, and then Adric... I thought you were going to say something else there. And then Adric, he looks like an elf, and looks like he should belong in Lord of the Rings. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, do you know David Tennant got a role in The Hobbit? No. He's portraying Legolas' father. All oh, right, and Sylvester McCoy's in that as well. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like, two doctors! Woohoo! Party! Like, Doctor Who will be taking over Lord of the Rings. <laughs> be like, and do our handstand for your granddad. <laughs> I call them, never mind. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Modern Undead. Yes, very good, very this good story. was a very good story. Uh, again, we watched this on Chris's birthday. We watched a lot on Chris's birthday. Um, but this is when some crazy stuff be going on right here because it starts off with two boys. Be one be Turlo, <laughs> and I can't remember the one, other one because he'd be wild. Hippo. Yeah, what? <laughs> he was called Turtle. Called him hippo. Hippo. There you go, hippo. <laughs> That's the pig, not the hippo. Um, but they uh, they right. neck the brigadier's car. Yeah. I'd be like, oh no, and then they crash it, and then there's crazy man with crew on his head <laughs> appears. Uh, I'll actually remember his name here or try to. <laughs> crazy man with crew. Crazy man. That's basically. Well, that was my first. Flipping words to you when he appeared on screen was crazy. Be a crazy man crow. Crazy man with crow on head. Mm-hmm. Um, who he be? I can't see. Uh, what? <laughs> is it, no, that's a female. <laughs> ah, there he is, Valentine Dial, the Black Guardian. Oh yeah, Valentine. Yeah, I remember we You're said like, that doesn't look like Valentine. Like, it's Valentine. Um, but he appears to Turlo, and Turlo's like, "Am I dead?" And he's like, "No, you're just sleeping." <laughs> um, but this is really, I don't understand is. So right. I, I've got to say, don't watch the story. Just listen to Alan Price's commentary just, to do with this. Like, just, be, we'd be dead. No, you just be slim. Don't we worry about it. Just we'd be, be fine. Take two of these. Be okay in the morning. See you later. But basically, instead of like a normal situation in, in this sort of a thing, it would be like, right, you're dead. So if you want to live, you have to help me. But instead, it's like, no, you're alive. It's okay. Do you want to do my bidding anyway? <laughs> okay. So no, but it's because he wants. He doesn't want to go back to Earth. Yes, that's why. So that's that part of it. But, uh, Bisky, he... Because I'm ginger, I don't want to go back to Earth. They make fun of me. They make fun of me and I don't like the sun. <laughs> oh, I'm more hate male, Chris. <laughs> um, I'm right, son, like gingers. I did not say that. I did not say that. <laughs> what? Not say that. what didn't you say? <laughs> You're trying to... <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Basically, uh, he goes back to Earth and he has to track down the Doctor. He tries to kill him with a big stone. What happens then is there be going to be a collision with the TARDIS, and they're like, "No, we're going to collide with the ship." Um, what happens is the Doctor gets separated from Tegan and Nyssa. That the Doctor is he arrives in is it nineteen is it nineteen eighty eighty three? The TARDIS with it's like nineteen eighty six. No, sorry, there's no. there's like seventy seven. It was years prior. Years prior. Um, and what happens is the doctor goes in and he basically is he's walking through the corridors and he finds well he finds the brigadier before but he goes up to the brigadier who's standing outside waiting for hippo that's what he's going to be called um, to be towed off because he'd be a naughty boy and the doctor be like brigadier do you not remember me and the brigadier doesn't remember the doctor Yeah. and I was like oh no what's going on here man I was like 
why is the brigadier not remember the doctor? I'd be like, something's crazy going on right now. Um, but the brigadier says, we have to discuss this in private. So off the pop... That's because he talks about unit. Because he does Do you know what signs of secrecy act? Um, My quarters, I swear. Not impressed. Um, but they go to Lethbridge Stewart's little, what, house on the prairie or something? <laughs> quarters. His quarters in, like, a shed. Um... <laughs> And basically the doctor helps him remember who he is and... Yeah, by listening like his companions and stuff. But then he finds out um, in conversation, because the doctor mentions Tegan, and he says, well, Tegan's after your time. Yeah. But then Lethbridge is like, Tegan, Australian girl, you know. And the doctor's like, huh? So then the doctor realises that the TARDIS has ended up in another time. Yeah, previous. Yeah. Um, but to put a long story short, um, Tegan and Nyssa find this individual out of like the uh, teleportation capsule, and they think it's the Doctor injured from another time. Bring him into the TARDIS. Um, this is, in fact, Modern, who has spaghetti for a brain. <laughs> um, he pretends to be the Doctor. They believe him for a second, but Tegan's a wee bit uh, against believing him. But at, in this time period, Tegan has went and found the Brigadier. Yeah. From 1977. So the Doctor is with the Brigadier in 83, and Nissa and Tegan are with the Brigadier in 77. So we all know what can happen, ladies and gentlemen. Big bar boom, bam, boom. Equal boom, boom. Um, but to skip ahead, basically what happens is Modern is of the society of people who are the living dead. Basically, they can never die. Yeah. Um, and they want the Doctor to use his powers as a Time Lord to let them die. But the resulting factor in this would be that the Doctor would not be a Time Lord anymore. Yes, because he had used up his generations. Yep, as a result. Um, but what happens is the Doctor goes to leave them, and Tegan and Nyssa start turning into the undead. Mm-hmm. They've been infected! Um, so the Doctor has to go back and basically he finally agrees to he'll use his powers as a Time Lord to help him die and uh, this is when the whole BLE kicks in which is limitation of it because um, the two Brigadiers have actually appeared on the ship the uh, this is a, <laughs> this is another thing from when we were watching it I was like the Doctor calls Nissa and Tegan stupid for bringing the up- <laughs> yeah, so you stupid. Why did you do that? I was just like, but the doctor brought the brigadier as well, so he's just as stupid. Um, but as the doctor basically right about to help them die, the two brigadiers touch each other's hands, and the whole world meant to go boom, boom. Um, but like they short circuit the machine, and everybody dies, and it's K, and the doctor's still a time lord. So yep. So the brigadier yeah. saved the doctor's life by going boom, boom. Mm-hmm. But the general case is that uh, Turlow has been trying throughout this episode to find a way to kill the Doctor, and he hasn't been able to, but he's actually kind of... You can kind of see he slightly took a shine to the Doctor, but he's still well under the control of... Black Guardian. Which leads us nicely into... Terminus! (laughs) The Lapper Ship! Which, no doubt you'll hear the eye take off at the end of this show. <laughs> Which Chris can't get enough of. It's just something that we recorded 
Uh, I want watching it. Yeah, I just wanted to get our the see how our iPhones recorded um, before we go away on the trip and see what it was like. So, just had a few random thoughts about the leper ship, and uh, yeah, just pay. Yeah, there is actually lepers on the one of oh, the ships. Oh, they refer to them lezers. <laughs> Enough about that. <laughs> Only the fit lezers go first. <laughs> Isn't that right? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help but I said I would try, but I can't. Again, I'll price the popculturenetwork.com for any email needs. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Terminus, basically the whole gist of this is the Doctor, Nissa, Tegan and Turlo uh, end up... What was it? It's like an emergency. The Turlo sabotages the TARDIS um, and it its safety mechanism is to like latch on to the nearest ship. Yeah, and there's like the he throws a he throws like a chair at the door, and the Which door is such stays a weak looking chair, but it's amazing <laughs> that it holds the door open and like yeah. And then he it. crawls out, and then they crawl out, and then they're like um, trying to vent, you know, like <sighs> they're almost like ventilating the place um, with all the gas and stuff. And because then the whole I think the whole the whole point of the story is as well that. Tegan doesn't trust Turlow, rightfully so, mm. but this episode is to try and make it look like Turlow's, you know, good and all that sort of thing, get Tegan to trust him because they spend the most of these episodes together. Yeah. Because obviously, um, to jump forward in the story, it's basically there's this group of people who are in command of basically all the, all the lepers are like shipped to the ship and then <laughs> shipped to the ship. ship. And then they are uh, sterilized and disinfected, which pretty much means put them out of their misery, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like going through the, you know, what is it, airways and all that sort of stuff, and are running about and such. So they're kind of building up their acquaintance, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it becomes apparent is that Nissa is infected. Oh no! And we haven't and actually. It's going to become a leather. Yeah, but we uh, don't read any about that story because I I haven't watched the end of it, That's so okay. I won't actually know what happens. That's okay. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to have to cut uh, terminus short there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, this that was the point we got up to on Chris's birthday was where Nissa was being taken somewhere to be like sterilised and stuff because um, only the fit ones go first because only the fit ones go first <laughs> um, so yeah we have to apologise that we have to cut that one short so sorry <laughs> moving on uh, everybody will be like getting built up there they'll be like what's going on what's going to happen what's going to happen oh no sorry moving <laughs> uh, tune in next week and find out <laughs> like you would have had to Yes, so turn in next week for more Tales of the Doctor. <laughs> Frontios. No, sorry. Tell a lie. <laughs> I jumped too far ahead. Five Doctors. <laughs> Woohoo! Party! Five, Five doctors. doctors. Oh, yeah, baby. Which, of course, means it involves William Hartnell's first Doctor, but it isn't actually William Hartnell, or is it? No, it isn't. Sorry, no. tell a lie. Tell a lie. But you've got the first Doctor, you've got Patrick Trouton, you've got John Pertwee... Um, Tom Baker be stuck in like another time bubble like we were talking about with William Hartnell in Three Doctors um, and then of course you have Peter Davison it'd be like hello because this be all about um, crazy shindigs going on because it involves wrestling 
Not played by Timothy Dalton. Dead. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. This is a very. This is probably one of the first. But well, this was based for the twentieth anniversary. This is one of the first older ones that I watched. Mm. Um, but I really because obviously you get to see obviously um, second doctor gets paired up with uh, Brigadier. Third Doctor gets paired up with Sarah Jane. Fourth Doctor is paired up with Romana, but they're on that gondola. They're on the gondola, which and is stuck in space and time. And number five, he'd be with Tegan and Tolo. And Tegan and she will win. Because we're assuming in Terminus, Nessa dies, or something. I would imagine so. Uh, because only the fit ones live. <laughs> only the fit ones die. <laughs> Um, but uh, she's wearing like some crazy outfit. That's one thing about Tegan, she always shows a bit of leg. Easy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Got a little saliva just, there. Alan. I'm just saying that. Um, but, but this no, is Anthony Inley makes an appearance as the master as well. Yes, he does. And then Pearl we see. Mustache, mustache. And this is the first time we see actually the third Doctor, John Pertwee, encounter Cybermen. Yes. In his tenure, we never saw that. He didn't get to meet them. No. So it was all epic wins for John Pertwee in this episode uh, series. But it is a deadly game for Rathlon and for the ultimate prize. But to lose is to win, and who win shall lose. <laughs> they have to be complicated, don't they? But I remember this. This was one of this was like one of the first old episodes because you lent me the DVD because it starts off with. Did I find it again? No. Nope. And I did give it back to him. <laughs> I did give it back to him. You lost it. Your fault. I find it again now. See. Oh, look, there's someone in this called Dina Sheridan, called Chancellor, Chancellor Flavia. Is that like Flavia Dave's mum? <laughs> Chancellor Flavia! No. <laughs> yeah, they just go into, they go into her quarters and there's just all these toys all behind her. Um, but isn't it in this that the Master is offered, was it, new regenerations? Yeah, if he helps the Doctor mm -hmm. and he tries to, but then the Cyberman tries to And he's to like, him. I'm off. Bye-bye. Yeah. It's as easy as pie, as the first Doctor says. Because then they have to walk across like some floor thing, but the the way to walk along it is pie, so it's like 3, 1, 4, 7, 4, 3, 1, 2, whatever pie actually is. I can't personally remember who pie is. Is that, um... Uh, everyone entered, and nothing taken away from the money awarded. That's pie. Sorry. It's one of those... What's uh, what's the creature that Triton and the Brigadiers um, being chased by in this? I'm trying to remember what it is. They're getting chased by? Yeah, remember the Brigadier and Triton are going through like the cave and they're being chased by something? Oh, I have no oh, idea. For the life of me, can't remember because it like goes invisible and all that sort of stuff. The perfect budgetary... Necessity for Are you not talking about the one with Pertwee? You're not talking about the one that jumps in the air and then disappears? I don't think so. Or, is it, or, is it, or was it Triton and Brigadier were getting chased by a Yeti? No, Triton's. Uh, Tri Triton and the Brigadier. There's too many things going on in this episode. There's like a big thing that they have to like open, I think. There is one that disappeared in this, I just can't remember exactly. That's the one that Pertwee, you said, like, it's it's the perfect hunting machine. Mo don't move, Sarah, otherwise we'll die. And then the Cyberman comes around, and then he, like, flings something, and then, like, hits the Cyberman and kills him, and then they run into the cave. He's the guy who, like, jumps up, and then he, like, disappears, and then he goes, boo! And then he comes back down again. Alright, okay. 
I'm confused. There's too much going on. But like a bit of paper? No, I'm all right. I'll just have a jelly baby instead. Thank you very much. No, my jelly baby. No. No, two jelly babies stuck together. What? Talk about the five doctors. Mm-hmm. It's a very good episode. Um, of course, they they there is also music available in this and special features Please. that you probably know, know about. Um, but it's good fun. Um, but yes, it comes to the end and uh, Rathalon, um he gets immortality, but he's made into like a statue thing, and uh, he kind of is there forever. That's his immortality. Did ever explain throughout the future history of Doctor Who? Why he then comes back in Tenant's era? What? Rassilon? No. Oh well, we'll try and figure that out. Moving on to Frontios, like I said about like five minutes ago, <laughs> but messed up and we ended up with five doctors. That's one that I've just bought, so I have not actually had a chance to watch yet. So you're gonna say to me again, <laughs> don't spoil it, aren't you? No, go on ahead and tell me a bit about it. Not how it ends though. Everybody dies. Double stars, everybody wins! But it's a four-parter. Uh-huh. So it is so four parts. £4.90-odd four from iTunes. Really? Mm-hmm. You should go and work for Apple, you know, because you're just like, go buy it iTunes, £4. But it's well, basically, it the really, like, one-line synopsis of this is that inhabitants uh, have fled <laughs> a dying earth the planet Frontos um, is mankind's last colony and the location of hidden dangers. Can we not just have an episode where they just like go to the beach and they're like, it's okay. <laughs> right, let's go to the beach. Go to the Barcelona or something. <laughs> yeah, and it could be called Son of a Beach. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Leslie Dunlop later played Susan Hugh in the Happiness Patrol. <laughs> supposedly. Was that at the beach episode? No, that's not in the beach episode. Okay. Did you see Dalek and Cybermen playing uh, beach ball with each other? <laughs> I would actually pay to see that. <laughs> it just would be hilarious. Um, where am I? Sorry, I've lost my I've lost my place. Is that Frontios? Frontios? Or is that just past Pluto? <laughs> God. Hurry up! I'm going, I'm going. Where are you going to? The caves of Adrazonia instead. That's um. Unfortunately, this is. I'm gonna cry. This is Peter Davison's last story. Technically, it's okay. It's okay. He come back for time crash. It's okay. So this was actually voted in the Doctor Who magazine for their 20th year or something, number one. Woohoo! Best story ever. Uh, Peter Davidson, he'd be awesome. And then he regenerate in the Colin Baker. Poop. <laughs> Real downside <laughs> story. He goes like, I don't know, Tegan, um, or whatever her name is, Perry. Sorry, that was his companion then. Nicola Bryant. Um, Perry Brown. And, uh. Basic synopsis of this. On the planet of Adrazani Minor, the fifth Doctor and Perry get caught in the politics and dangers of mining Spectrox. This is like a new drug. The most valuable substance in the universe. In the universe! 
more He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Things get complicated and deadly when Perry and the Doctor contracts Spectrus Toxiamia. <laughs> and in the caves of Androsia Minor, the shadowy Charez Jack plots a terrible revenge. But of course, the Doctor goes through a traumatic fifth regeneration where he like sees everybody in his head. So again, this is the one that is in the DWP quiz number six, was it? Mm. Uh, quiz number six, when there was a question about what companions have seen the Doctor regenerate. Oh, yeah. And it was not the ones in his head aren't counted because they. <laughs> You saw Sarah Jane, and you saw the Master, and all that sort of stuff. Personally, I don't blame uh, Peter Davison for having a traumatic regeneration into the Sixth Doctor because he realised he was going to turn into Colin Baker. So this is another one that he gets poisoned. In yeah, it's 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 kind of a common thing happening now, isn't it? Because Pertwee was poisoned by radiation. Then obviously Davison is poisoned here. Um, we don't know about Paul McCann either. Um, Sylvester McCoy got shot. Um, <laughs> um, Christopher Eggleston, you could kind of class as being poisoned because he had to absorb the, te- the was it the time vortex from the mm-hmm. TARDIS from ropes, yep. and then Tennant was radiation. So yep. Tennant was the exact same thing as Pertwee. Mm-hmm. Radiation, he's gonna go mutating. <laughs> Indeed. What was that noise? The it's downstairs. The, the noise is going on here. It's a TARDIS. What? But yes, this is very sad for me that Peter Davison is moving on, but it's like the master laughs at him and all that sort of stuff because he, you know, with the hallucinations and all. Um, but it's like, what's it? Perry asks, Perry asks him what's happening with the regeneration at the end, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Change, my dear," and it seems not a moment too soon. That's you know, to Colin Baker and all. So it is, but obviously then, you know, we'll give Colin Davison like 30 seconds over time here. Um, basically, considered the wor- one of the worst doctors, probably. I've only seen one episode of him and I was the two doctors. I know there's one, The Trial of a Time Lord, which is like 14 episodes. Whoa. Yeah. And I don't think it gets it through 14 odd episodes of him. Obviously, you can get like the Four Doctor story, which has Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Paul McGann, and Sylvester McCoy. Nice, um, nice wee different comp. Which is quite a good um, audiobook. Um, but he seems to be making his four time wars the Doctor in audiobook form yeah. than in actual whenever he was on the TV. That's true. Um, Sylvester McCoy seems to be doing that as well. Yeah. But he was more oh, a... And obviously, because he only had one story, he's done, doing a lot more of the audiobooks as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, near enough all the audiobooks are available on iTunes, which is part of the Apple Corporation. <laughs> Who Chris Vince is now going to work for later sometime in 2011. Steve Jobs, give me job. Steve Jobs, give him job, please. Yes, go. Now, do it. Do it now. Do it. Um, quick we mentioned, obviously, on Time Crash, which mm-hmm. was the Children Needs special, was it? Two or three years ago now, something like something that. Like that. Yep. Um, written by current store, a uh, store <laughs> show uh, head honcho uh, Steve Muffet. Um, this involved uh, post uh, basically see the start of when Freemagiman's Martha Jones leaves the TARDIS at the end of what was it, series three, um, and at the end of that series initially, you'd seen you know. 
doc, David Tennant's doctor going do, 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 presses the big button and you hear burr, and boom and the Titanic crashes through the wall for Voyage of the Damned for Voyage of the Damned but what happens in this children's special is what happens in between um, and what happens is the doctor has taken down the TARDIS's shield mm-hmm. and what happens is his TARDIS collides with Peter Davison's TARDIS and they merge into one TARDIS which is wrong and is not meant to happen not meant to happen happened previously when the Doctor's TARDIS merged with the Masters but this be the same TARDIS merged together and what happens is David Tennant's like flicking switches trying to solve what's problem you know asking you know what's wrong what's, you know, what's, what's going on and then you just see them kind of moving around the console and you just see him pop past Davison and like oh yes, so, like, so sorry me. you know yeah. and then you just see Davison they're crying and that's the whole classic, you know, what? What? Mm-hmm. Um, and Davison thinks it's that, like the doctor is from Linda, the group that's in the Absorb Love episode. Yeah. Um, thinks he's a fan and tells, you know, he's looking at him, he says, oh, I know who you are. And just tells like, yeah, yeah. You know, expect him to go, yeah, you're the doctor. And like, mm-hmm. you're a fan. What? Um, <laughs> but it's really good because, like, Tennant explains that if they don't sort it out as quickly as they can, then there's going to be like a black hole the size of Belgium. <laughs> um, about the exact size of Belgium. Um, but I think the cool, neat wee twist to this is that uh, they explain that Tennant's doctor knows what to do because he saw what happened when he was Peter Davison. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, I remember watching you doing that and all that. You know, that sort of stuff. So it's neat. And there's kind of a nice wee homage, so to say, that David Tennant... It's nearly a slight breaking of character. Yeah, it's like you were my doctor. David Tennant says Peter Davison was his doctor, and, mm-hmm. you know, the thinky specs and the trainers and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and I love it. What is it What is it to say at the end? Um, oh, David Tennant goes... All my loved long ago, and was it? Does Peter Davison go like best wishes to the future or something? It's best something. W- best wishes to far and beyond for times to come. Uh, something like that. Something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I love that week special because it's two of my favourite Doctors together. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, but that's us. First Doctor Who special is complete. So I take it everybody guesses what we're doing next episode. <laughs> We'll be doing the three latest incarnations of the Doctor. Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, and Mr. Matt Smith. Ooh. Ew. Yes, indeed. So scary stuff. A certain individual we know absolutely despises. We will withhold that idea. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> uh, but yes, we shall see you next episode for some modern who which we may rant on even, even more randomness and other stuff in this episode. So, with that, he has been Alan Price. No, I've been the mister. No. I meant to do it like last episode. <laughs> I've been Alan Price then. And I've not been Chris Vint. I've been somebody else. I've been Barrowman. I've been Lethbridge Stewart. So we shall see you in, what's it, two weeks' time or something like that. We'll see you soon for more Doctor Who. Peace out. Enjoy. Hey, Alan, let's get in the TARDIS and we'll go back so we can do this all again.
Don't want to. <laughs> oh, fine then. Bye. Bye. Okay, Alan, so what are we thinking of Robot? Yes, but we can have your honest opinion of this uh, episode that we're watching. Crazy head scientist, man. Exactly, yes. And uh, Brigadier with a big Zach Morris type phone. And, of course, um, we saw Tom Baker acting a fool, sitting down in the car with his feet up on the top of the... Jumping over the top of the car. <laughs> jumping over the top of the car. And then we watched, uh, what was the other one we watched, Marden Undead with the Brigadiers? Uh, what were your thoughts on that episode? Scary. Okay, do you care to sum it up in more than one word? The world nearly went boom, boom. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see whether we actually use this. And the Doctor Who special, because this has just been random as ever. And here we see Tom Baker with the Brigadier and Bessie, which is just, uh... All kind of wrong. So, Alan, what's your thoughts on Terminus thus far? Be proper scary, because it'll be all like lepers and stuff, and it'll be like, oh, we're gonna die. And uh, do you know that um, out of all the Doctor Who's we've watched today, we haven't watched any John Pertwee? Lucky me. Oh, snap. We haven't watched any David Tennant, but we watched Matt Smith in Christmas Carol, even though it's not Christmas, it's like after Christmas. And Alan's going, oh look at this, he's not wearing a tie anymore, he's wearing a bow tie. And all this here stuff, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, that's great. Okay, so, uh, anything else constructive to say about Doctor Who? We're gonna die! Save us, Peter Davison! <laughs> if anyone finds this recording, it's been fun, and goodbye. Ship!